Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Promise Center's weekly podcast. We hope that this message blesses you and encourages you to take your next step in following Jesus. As always, feel free to check us out at www.thepromisecenter.com for more information on our church, what we're doing to make a difference in Sonoma County, and how you can partner with us. God bless, and enjoy this week's message. All right, let's get to our sermon, Acts chapter 4 and 13. Acts chapter 4 and 13, and we're going to read this together, and then we'll say a prayer, and we'll get into our message. Acts 4 and 13 says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They saw these guys. These guys are doing things that ordinary men don't do. But they saw these are ordinary, unschooled men. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And they recognize they have been with Jesus. Is that the greatest testimony you can have? I think this person's been with Jesus. This person's acting a lot like Jesus. This person's operating and manifesting in a totally different realm than what the natural world says is right and real. Amen. So we're going to talk about faith today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this, the, what we feel in this room. All of our friends, family, and all of the, the guests that are here that you, you brought here. Uh, we believe divine providence has brought us all here together today for, for a word, for a moment, for, for, for a hearing, Lord. And I pray that you would transform us and shape us and renew us in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> I, love what, I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, when, when I invited Jesus into my heart, I thought he was going to take down some pictures, put up some new wallpaper, maybe change the flooring. He said, what I realized is Jesus started knocking down walls, started adding rooms. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? It was a full-fledged remodel. Anybody here ever have a, someone in your life, maybe your husband, maybe your wife, they're like, we're just going to do a small little touch-up in this room. And before you know it, like... The sheetrock is off the walls, right? And I love what Jesus is doing in us. He's making us new because we've not been called to live a life that's a cottage, but a life that's a palace full of rooms, full of wisdom, full of experiences, full of the glory of God. And it's happening in you and it's happening in me. We're so thankful for that. The gospel message that we celebrate, we've celebrated uh, for the last two weeks, and now today we're going to come to a close with Act 3. It's all about this idea that dead people stay dead. Now, maybe you're in disagreement with that, but my, my scientific method of ex, the experience I've had in life is when people die, they kind of stay dead. Would you agree with that? Would anybody here, right? I mean, we can resuscitate people, but they end up getting older and like, like the end of us all is like death. Death is the, the end of the story. And yet this guy, Jesus, claims to be able to have power over death. And he says, I'll just show you. And so he goes to the cross. He says, I know you have your science, but I'm going to give you another scientific method. I'm going to give you a method of seeing and experiencing something that's beyond the norm. This is something bigger than what even your mind and your heart can conceive. 
And again, we're not against science. I'm thankful for science. I know you love science. I love science. I think the scientific method is wonderful. It's good. And I believe, I believe it does bring glory to God. I, I'm thankful for, for almond milk. Anybody thankful for almond milk? I'm, I think science all the time. Thank you, science, for almond milk. I don't know how you milk an almond, but I'm so grateful <laughs> that we have another choice. Not just dairy and not soy, right? Soy does all kind of weird things to you. We found out after drinking it for a decade. Hallelujah, amen. But here's what we know. We know, we know that dead people stay dead and we know there's a claim that Jesus came back. And if this is true, it changes everything. And so what we've talked about the last three weeks is the three-act structure. I'm gonna put this up on the screen here. It's a three-act structure. Essentially, every story, every great story, because this is, this is not built on what we want. This is built based on what's inside of us. We know that there is a the problem. We know that there is a confrontation and then there's ultimately a resolution. And the, the height of the confrontation act two, last week we talked about the cross and what Jesus accomplished at the cross. But here's what you've got to understand is the story is not over. That's good. That's great. That's part of the story. But the story ends with you. You're the one who brings this story to a close. It's like, it's like the story of Terminator. Terminator 2, we got Skynet, who's wanting to take over the world, and these, these, evil, uh, these evil Terminators. How many remember Skynet, Terminator? I'm, I'm, living, I'm reliving some days. But anyways, um, whenever, whenever Arnold Schwarzenegger fights the other Terminator and wins, it's like, woohoo, confrontation. But that's not the end of the story. He's still got to go to the lava because he's got the chip in his brain, right? He's like, I got to go. If I don't go, then... The chip is still here and Skynet can still exist. And so he goes down the lava and he gives the thumbs up, right? We're all like, how could I not have fallen in love with a Terminator? He's so wonderful. You know, and it's like the story has to have a completion because there's this, there's this moral change that happens in the characters. There's a conclusion to the story. And what we find is the story is, is coming to this close and it's coming to a close in you. So we are bearers of the story. In fact, uh, Acts, uh, the book of Acts is, is, is called the book of Acts because it's about action. It's about what we are doing. And the book of Acts is one of those books in the Bible that doesn't have an amen at the end. It's still happening today. We are still living in the book of Acts. And it's called the book of Acts, not the book of sit or the book of wait or the book, the, the book of put your hands under your bottom and just don't get in trouble, Right? Just hold on, hold, you know, uh, you know, the frozen chosen. We're just going to freeze and hope we don't sin so we don't get in trouble because we want to go to heaven, right? This is a book about action. Lights, camera, action. Act three is on you and me, and we are to get involved in the gospel story. And so where it broke down in, in, uh, in, in, in Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve make a decision, they sin, then we get into Act 2, the story of God's redemptive purpose through a nation called Israel and through kings and through a throne and through this narrative. And Jesus comes, the son of David, and he brings it all together in himself and he conquers death, hell, and the grave. And then instead of doing what we thought he would do and what the disciples thought he would do, which would be like, hey guys, I've conquered, I've conquered uh, not only Herod and Pilate, but we've stormed the gates and we've conquered Rome and 
Now Israel can be a mighty nation, and it was, it was a war by sea and a war by land, and, and now Jesus is in the palace in Jerusalem, like, kicking back and like, this is so nice. And all the disciples are like, oh, isn't it so nice to be a part of Jesus' squad, right? And they're just like, they're just looking at each other going, what up? You know, like, what up? And everybody's like, what up? And they're just living good. No, no, Jesus comes back from the dead. He's like, hey, I'm heading out. But the story doesn't end. This is to be continued. But Jesus, where are you going? No, 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 you gotta, you gotta get this. I, I, the, the ministry's not done. It's just started. I'm gonna send my spirit. I'm gonna create action in you. I'm gonna create motion in you. And it's fun to be like, I love act two. It's wonderful. Aren't you thankful that we believe that Jesus died and rose again? Wonderful. But there's many people that have, that have bought in but haven't sold out. There's many people still on the sidelines wondering, when am I going to get in? And the Holy Spirit's like, come on in. Jump into the game. Jump into the game. I want you to partner with the gospel. Be a part of God's meta narrative, not only for your life, not only for this church, but for Sonoma County and the world. You can be a part of the action. Come on, somebody. There's some a- God's up to some things in the world. Amen, and he wants you and I to be a part of it. And so we look at this this idea that like we could be witnesses of the resurrection. And you go, that's impossible because we weren't there. How how many were there 2,000 years ago? Anybody there to like be like, I know, I I was there. None of us, right? How, we have a promise that, that we can be witnesses of the resurrection, like once the Spirit comes, Jesus said, Acts chapter 1 and 8, you could be a witness, right? Uh, and this is, I know this wasn't to us, but it was for us that we could be witnesses. How, how do we become witnesses of, a, of an event that we weren't there for, right? That doesn't hold up very good in the, in the court of law, right? Like, oh yeah, um, your honor, um, I heard from my friend's cousin who uh, walks their dog with their neighbor, and they were saying that they heard from their grandma who found this thing in their attic that said that her friend knew of a story so that this is the evidence I'm bringing in that the, the judge would be like that's out that that has no credibility I need someone with first hand experience so here's what Jesus said I know my believers I know that all my followers won't be able to be and see the physical resurrection but I'm going to give them another resurrection I'm going to pour out my spirit, and dead things are going to live. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit bring to life something that was dead. The book book of uh, Romans chapter 8 and 11 says this, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has been shed abroad in our hearts, and we have come alive with Christ. We're alive with him. We've been, we are the resurrection. No, not a physical body, not yet. But if he raised this old dead spirit man, he will raise the physical man in the second resurrection. But we are, that's why the church ought to be alive. The church ought to be moving. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Come on, somebody. I'm tired of dead church. I'm tired of dead faith. I'm ready for some action in the kingdom of God. And my suspicion is if you're here today, you want that same action. You want more. You want more. You're tired of being on the sidelines wondering 
What's this all about? Now, let's be real. Act one, the fracture and the brokenness of our world. Act two, the new reality of hope, deliverance, salvation, peace and power with God. And now we're living as believers right in the middle of these two realities. Because I don't know if you've checked the newspaper lately, there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems in the world, right? Like the fractured world is still fractured and broken, right? Like, like we had, last year we had two Harveys come through. The first one was in Houston and uh, dis- destroyed my hometown. $125 billion worth of damage. And then we have Harvey Weinstein doing the same thing in Hollywood. You know, we have Twitter going bonkers, a nuclear war on Twitter. Can I get an amen from anybody? We got shootings in Vegas, 851 uh, uh, injured, I, I, 59 dead. I mean, we didn't have time to process that because one week later, there were fires in Santa Rosa. We live in a broken world, some messed up stuff. We got racism that's, that's in people's hearts that needs to be extracted. We got people who, 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 who hate one another. Never. And there's this ambivalence. There's this Cain and Abel that's happening in the world today. And we go, what, what did Jesus do? What did he accomplish? And if you only look with, with the naked eye, you're going to see the brokenness that still exists here. But there's another kingdom that we, that we can't see with the natural eye. There's another reality that's coming and moving into the world through the church. And that's the reality that God wants us to live in. We have to live between the two that in all the brokenness, there's healing. In all the pain, there's purpose and promise. That today people can be saved and not only, not only get up, but get out and walk in the power of Jesus. There's healing, deliverance, salvation. It's real. And so we live with these two realities and there's an ambivalence and there's this, there's this tension between the two. And the church is feeling it. And the church is driving this. And the church is running after God's promises. And so we have been invited to a new reality. There was a, a guy um, with the Imperial, uh, Imperial uh, Japanese Intelligence uh, Army. And uh, his name was Hiru Anoda. Hiru Anoda. And uh, he, was, he was brought to the Philippines in an in a, in a, in a island. There's, the Philippines has is, is, is got many islands, and the island's called Labang. And he was dropped off there, and he was there for about a year until September 2nd, 1945, when the war was over. And so he'd been there for a year, and they were in caves, and they were shooting, there was some fighting. And so they said, the war's over. And so in October, just one month later, planes are flying over, and they drop leaflets and pamphlets and said, hey, the war's over, you can go home, da, da, da. And he believed it was propaganda. He didn't believe it was real. And so like, like seven or eight years later, one of his best friends had to fly to the island and like go up into the caves and find him. He was living off the land. Had like his gun and just a few bullets left. He's like, dude, the friend's name is Suzuki. He says, dude, Hiru, I'm telling you, the war is over. He goes, I don't believe it. This is all propaganda. They sent you. He could not believe that the war was over. And so, so finally, 29 years later, 1974, 
He said, what will it take for you to believe? He says, if my commanding officer will tell me, if I can see him and him tell me it's done, I'll believe it's done. And so they pulled money together and they brought his commanding officer, flew him to the Philippines. They walked up the hill to give this man the it is finished message. It's over. And when Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, it was our commanding officer giving us permission to lay down our weapons. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We've already got the victory in Jesus. It's already won. Now what we're doing today is we're accessing that victory. We're bringing that victory into reality in our lives. Some of you are looking at the reality of the world. You're even looking at the reality of your own life, maybe your marriage, your home, maybe your faith, and you're going, this is not my reality. It's fun to praise God for it, but this reality has not become real in my world because God does want to give you the peace that passes all understanding. He does want you to walk in victory, live at a, a, a high altitude with the high calling of Christ Jesus. And so the question is, is how do we access all of the victory that's in the kingdom given by the king, our King Jesus. I'm glad you asked. What a great question. <laughs> so intuitive. <clears throat> I'm gonna put up on the screen here uh, one of these things that you've seen before. Not fun. How many here, how many here loves, loves passwords? How many detest passwords as much as I do? I'm, a, I'm done with passwords, right? It was so easy in the beginning. It was like, yeah, you could just, almost like a pin. You could just like one, two, three, four, right? Just real simple. And they're like, oh, no, it needs to be eight. We gotta have, it's got to be a little bit longer. And then like, like I had my password. And then someone was like, you know what? That's not good enough. We need, we, need, we need numbers also. And so over time, like, they're like, no, we need numbers. It's got to have an uppercase, lowercase. Not just that. We need one of those silly symbols. We need like hashtag. Like this thing's got to get real complicated because people are really wanting to break into your email and find out that you love Dunkin' Donuts and you're on the fan list. Like people don't, people don't care, right? But like, like honestly, I now have like 15 different iterations of the same password, right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And like, I'll put in like, I'm like, okay, do one, add the one, capital that, capital that, add that. Da, da. It's like my, my, my seven tries are done, and I got to get a new password. And it doesn't want the new one to be like the old one, right? So now I'm like, my, my passwords are getting babies to like new passwords, like sub-passwords. I'm so tired of it. And now they came up with this brilliant idea that you can get an app for all your passwords. Here's the problem. You got to have a password to get into the app that has all the passwords. I'm tired of it, right? But I'm gonna give you the password to the kingdom of God. And my prayer is that you'll know it and my, my prayer is that you will log into the kingdom. And here is the password, faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is is how all transactions between heaven and earth are made. Nothing can happen in this earth without someone believing God for it and acting on that belief. It doesn't happen without faith. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, according 
to your faith, be it unto you. Think about those words, according to your faith. The truth is, is you get and you've got what you get because you believe for what you've got right now. Your faith got you what you have right now, according to your faith. In fact, this is the, this is the contention piece and point where Satan tried to come and destroy Simon Peter. Think of the, the prayer. I mean, when Jesus prays for you, that's kind of a big deal, right? Jesus says, Simon, I have prayed for you. Okay, what is it that I never fail? Because P- Peter's like, Peter's one of those guys like makes all these promises, right? Peter's like, Jesus is like, you're gonna betray me. And he's like, I would never betray you. And Peter goes through all these promises. It almost sounds like a boys to men album. Like, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never, I'll never dump you. You're my everything. You're my all in all, right? Come on, somebody. I sang in the last service. Don't make me break it out, okay? Why don't we go? I had to do it. To the end. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Don't make me do it. Or little Brian Adams, like, you know, I lie for you. I die for you. I'll do it all for you. That's what Peter's like. I... I will never, and Jesus is like, yeah, you're, you're going to, three times, right? Like back to back to back. You're going to like really deny me. And this is what Jesus said. He's, he said, I prayed for you, but not that you wouldn't fail. I prayed that you wouldn't lose faith. There's a difference. Because God's okay with you, you failing. I mean, put that in context, please. Pastor says okay to fail. You know, please, please. Okay. It's faith. Jesus said this, when the Son of Man comes back to the earth, will he find faith on the earth? Will you lose faith? Because the enemy came. The Bible says that Satan came to sift Simon Peter as wheat, to take and destroy his faith. Right? And here's what you got to know. When the enemy comes, right, when you're on the right track, you will soon be under attack. And you know where he's coming after? He's coming after your faith. Let me say it again. He's coming after your faith. Why? Because faith is the access point to the kingdom of God. If he can take your faith, then he can shut down and you'll be like, how do I get in? I want to get into the kingdom of God. I need some victory. You can't get in without faith. You can't access kingdom power, resurrection power without some faith. Faith. In fact, God is more interested in your faith than he is your resources. Remember Brother Gideon? Gideon had 22,000 people in his army. Now that's not great. That's good when you're, the army's twice as big as you. You're like, okay, we can go. We can, like everyone's got to get two guys. Good strategy, right? Okay. Everyone get two. Some of you need to get three for me, but everyone get two. And God's like, that's too many. And, and Gideon's like, what? what? Too many. He's like, yeah, that's too many. He's like, we need less than that. I, here's what I want you to do. Gideon, I want, you, I, want to, I want you to ask your army, how many are afraid? And Gideon's like, he's confident, like, oh, these guys, they're not afraid. These are my dudes. These guys are tough. Guys, if you're afraid, I'm giving you permission to go home. <laughs> Over half leave. They go from 22,000 to 10,000. You know what God says? That's still too many. 
So God, he's like, hey, um, we're going to go to this water hole, and I want you to have them drink water. And the ones who kneel and take water with their mouth, those who have been bowing to Baal, that same posture, I want them out too. The ones who scuba with their hand and drink, we're keeping those. So he goes from 22,000 to 10,000, and only 300 use their hand to drink. He's been downgraded in his resources because God is wanting to upgrade his faith. That when the victory comes, it was never you. And it was never how good you were, how strong you were. It is how big and bad and bold and awesome God is. That's what faith does. It redirects all the glory back because it's like, a, this is a crazy moment. This is either going to go really good or it's going to go really bad. Right? Like my, my, my wife has a friend who uh, lives in the Wikiup area. And the fires came through that area. And, and I want you to understand that we believe that every story belongs to God. So the, the, the winds belong to God. The, the loss in those stories belong to God. That God redeems it all. So, so everybody's story is redeemed and belongs to God and, and, and comes out in victory. We believe that. We believe that. We believe that. So, so, but understand this unique context. The, the, Heidi's friend said she woke up that morning, Sunday morning, and she was walking outside and she's like in her PJs and hair, you know, like, uh, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't look her best. Like she's just going out. I don't know if she's watering or what, but she, she walks out and God says, I want you to lay on your property and I want you to pray and travail for it. And she's like, well, listen, God, first off, uh, this is really weird. Like, why would I need to do this? Then she's like, um, also, I've got a bunch of neighbors that I've been talking to and being friends with and they're gonna think i'm crazy laying outside praying and weeping for my property and, and and the truth is is anytime we have to operate in faith we have to get out of our comfort zone and you're gonna have a this is crazy moment but you never get to this is awesome unless you first go through the threshold of this is crazy right you're gonna go there and so she finally, she's like, it's just pounding in her. She goes, fine. She lays down on the ground. She prays for her uh, property. She travails for her property. Property doesn't understand why. And, and 12 to 14 hours later, fires start moving towards Santa Rosa. Her entire neighborhood's gone except her house. Now, maybe that, maybe that happened just for you and I to be able to hear that and remember that God is faithful in it all. And that faith isn't easy, right? So we had to ask ourselves a couple of questions. First, why is faith important? That's number one. Number two, what is faith? And number three, how do I live by faith? Okay, I'm gonna try to answer those in the next few moments here. Why is faith important? Hebrews 11 and six. Hebrews 11 and six says this, but without faith, it is partially impossible. No, it's absolutely impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Watch this, Romans 1 and 17. For in it, the righteousness of God, God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. That's pretty weak. Live by faith. Much better. You guys are doing great. What is faith? Glad you asked. Hebrews 11 and 1, it says this. this here it is. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. We're gonna keep that up for just a moment because this is the definition of faith. This is the biblical definition of faith. Faith is not like, oh, it's a, it's a wonderful, strong, 
belief in cool stuff. The fairies come and just float around and la, 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 la. Faith is a conviction of the goodness of God that was tampered with in the garden when Satan's like, hey, by the way, God didn't care about you. There's better stuff for you, and it's outside of God's plan. It is coming back to the confidence and knowledge of the goodness of God, and it is the substance of that truth. Now, we're going to keep this up for just a few minutes, so don't take it off until I say. But I want to tell you a story of a guy who probably went to Costco and tried to find a parking spot. Has anybody ever been to Costco before (laughs) on Santa Rosa Avenue? Is that the most difficult? Like, I feel like I backslide and then pray through again and backslide three or four times while in that parking lot. It's so hard to find a parking spot. And so this guy's like, he's going up and down that way. And he's just going, 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 going. He can't find a parking spot. And so finally, he's in the middle of the lane there. He's like, closes his eyes. This guy doesn't go to church. I think his wife maybe goes to church. He closes his eyes. He's like, God, I know you haven't heard my voice in a long time. But I, I will. I'll go back to church. I'll serve you. I'll do some big things for you. If you can just do a miracle and provide a parking spot for me. And his eyes are closed. And the second he opens his eyes, lights come on, car pulls out, boom, right in front of him. He looks back up to God and says, never mind, found one. (laughs) It's bad. It's got to be tough being God, right? (laughs) Faith, believing. Now I'm going to give you, we're going to keep this scripture up. I want to I give you a story, and just be quick, about what Jesus did. And something he said that makes no sense at all, okay? He gets on to the disciples because they have little faith. He says, oh, ye of little faith. It's like, you know, a good teacher. He's like, what's going on, guys? You're not getting it. You're just not getting it, right? And uh, then he turns around and he says this. If you just had the faith of a mustard seed. So we just got rebuked. For having little faith. And then Jesus turns around and goes, but if you just had little faith. And you're going, mmm. We act like we, mmm, Jesus, that's good, mmm. You know what that means? Do you know what that means? You know what I mean? We're like, not getting it. If you go back to uh, the, 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 the original text, you're going to find the language is rich with this idea. Essentially, Jesus is saying, it's your unbelief. He says, but if you have the faith of a mustard seed, and what he's doing is he's dividing the difference between belief and faith. That you can believe for something, but faith is much more than just believing for. Faith is that small little action that says, I do believe. I mean, it could be super small. I mean, it could be super duper small, but show me something that says you believe. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance. It's the evidence. It's the thing that we can see proving that you believe what you believe. And you're saying that God is good and your actions are following behind your belief. And therefore, I can see your faith. And James says, faith without works is dead. It's like a body with no life. 
Belief is the body, but when there's action, there's life in it. And I want to take your belief and turn it into faith. And faith is only faith when you have action. So we have a little equation. This is, is, again, we're back to science. Science is beautiful. Belief plus action equals I didn't even ask for that. You did it so well. (laughs) Belief plus action equals I didn't even ask for it. And you did it so well again. It's amazing. A couple, maybe two summers ago, maybe three summers ago, um, a gentleman by the name of Eric, who's a part of our church family, him and I went to Birmingham, Alabama, went to a church conference, a lot of fun. Uh, both flew standby, which was a lot of fun doing together. And long story short, we finally got there. And we're, we're sitting kind of in the back, but we're like at the front section of the back. And so we have this big walkway in front of us. And so like this, this gap, and it was like large, you know, probably 4,000 seat auditorium. And we're in this awesome service. And Eric turns to me, he's like, I feel like God has asked me to pray for someone who has a pain between the small toe and the next toe shooting up the foot. And he's like, is, is that you? And I'm like, I think we're all good here, man. And he's like, all right. Well, and I'm thinking like, all right, Eric, you know what? We'll just, we'll come into agreement together and be like someone in the room, someone in the room has a foot problem. Or wherever they are, just bless them right now. Just bless their foot. That wasn't good enough for Eric. Eric's like, you can see him like, he's like, it's in him, right? Lord spoke to him. It's like in him. And he's like, it's like slow motion for me. He turns around to the person behind us, this lady. And he's like, he's like, hey, ma'am, do you ever have a pain between this toe and this toe shooting up the foot? And I'm like, no, he's not. Stop it, man. We already prayed the prayer. Someone's already healed. If she had it, she doesn't have it anymore. And she's like, she's like, uh, no, no, my, my foot's good. I was like, Eric, you're embarrassing me, man. <laughs> so I'm like, <clears throat> let's focus on what's going on. So he's, I mean, you, you can just see it. Like it's on him. He's like, he can't settle. He's like, it's like alive in him. So then I see him turn to the left and I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Stop him right now. <laughs> Create a bubble around Eric. Bubble, bubble wrap him right where he is. Bubble wrap him. So finally, he, hey, man, he's like, hey, um, listen, the Lord put on my heart to pray for someone who's got a pain between this foot, this toe and this toe and shooting up the foot. You know, real descriptive. Like, not like, hey, someone's got a headache or someone's not doing well. Like, super specific. Like, not this toe and this toe. Like, this toe and this toe. And the dude, the dude's like, bro, for the last couple of days, I've had this pain right between those two toes shooting up the foot. And at that point, I was like, yeah, we'd like to pray with you. We just had this on our heart. (laughs) Just want to see a miracle in the house. (laughs) I mean, I told Eric, you know, have a little faith. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But like, there is this threshold of like, this is crazy. This is going to look crazy. And there's a couple of things that are going to happen when you start walking out your faith. The substance, the action that says, I really believe this. Someone says, I, I believe I'm healed. Awesome. What's the action set behind it? Plant that seed of faith. Make a call to your doctor. 
Well, man, the copay is just crazy, you know. <laughs> Call them. I'd like another exam. I'd like another test, please. That's faith and action, the substance, something tangible that shows God, heaven, and the devil. You really believe God's faithful. That's faith. Faith is belief plus action. Belief plus action. And so where do we find ourselves? We find ourselves facing three, three things that are going to make it hard. The first thing is comfort. We love comfort. How many, how many enjoy a, a nice lazy boy? Sometimes I say to my wife, we need to get a lazy boy. She goes, I've already got one. And I don't know what that means. <clears throat> I don't know what that means. Still trying to figure that one out. If you want to walk in faith, comfort cannot be your priority. There's no massage, chairs in an ambulance. And living by faith is not going to be easy. Living by faith, operating in a reality that is not seen by everybody else. It's not going to be comfortable. A lot of Christians have decided we want, we want to sit on the sidelines. We want to buy in without selling out. And the kingdom, the way it works, he says, the man found a treasure and he sold everything to buy the land to get the treasure. To buy into the kingdom, truly, you've got to sell out. And it's very uncomfortable. You're also going to have those, this is crazy, but if you don't have the, it's crazy, you'll never get, this is amazing. Safe does not work in faith. The second thing is clarity. Clarity is not always going to be your friend when you're walking by faith. I want to show you a scripture, Hebrews chapter 11 and 8. <clears throat> by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He didn't know where he was going. Can you imagine being like 70 years old and God's like, hey, and he's thinking like retirement, right? He's thinking like, hey, look, should we go to Oakmont? Like, where are we going to like hang our hat? Like, it's retirement time. And God's like, you're going on a journey. And there's no clarity. Um, yeah, so where, where are we going exactly? Oh, don't worry about that. I'll tell you when you get there. Do I, do I, do I uh, bring a rain jacket or a swimsuit? Don't worry about it. I'll tell you when you get there. This is, it's not clear. And the Bible says that when this man heard God and he took that first step out of his hometown, God said, that's my friend. I can trust nations with this man. I can trust inheritance with this man. Jesus Christ, not only the seed of David, but the seed of Abraham by faith. The same faith that Abraham accessed all of God's favor. We access that same, when we respond, boom, he did not know where he was going. He was going into the unknown. He didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know the journey. He wasn't told like, hey, by the way, in three weeks, you're going to have, you're going to have a little battle. Oh, by the way, you're going to have to go and face Pharaoh. He's going to be in love with your wife. Your wife. You're, going to, you're going to really mess up there. Like he didn't get all that. He just got, here's your next step. What do I do? Well, just keep walking. I need you to walk because everywhere you t your foot touches, I'm giving it to you. You think you're just, you're just wondering. You're not. You're actually establishing kingdom everywhere you go. Every step of faith, you're actually saying, this belongs to God, this belongs to God, this belongs to God, this belongs to God. There's no clarity, but there is purpose behind the ambiguous. 
we're embracing the ridiculous. The third thing, and this is what we all love, is as Americans in the Western culture, we want comfort, we want clarity, and we also want control. We need to do a small group for control freaks. I think there's a, a good need there to move on. The risk, the risk, right? I'm no longer in control. We don't like that feeling. Walking by faith, walking in a new reality, creating action behind belief. I want you to see this, Hebrews chapter 11 and 12. Hebrews chapter 11 and 12. And I hope I, I gave all of this. It says this, and by faith, Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unenabled to bear a child or build children, bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Now watch this. And so from, his, from this one man, talking about Abraham, and he as good as dead, Think about those words. God's talk, the, the word of God is talking about Abraham. Abraham at this time, when they bear children, he's 100 years old. And the Bible is like, yeah, he was pretty much as good as dead. Can you imagine like, like the Bible is saying that about you? Yeah, he's pretty, pretty much as good as dead. And what's the point here? The Bible's making this, this very grand point like, the dude's 100, his wife is 90, the equipment is no longer working, but he kept trusting God. I mean, he's 90, he's like, Sarah, come here, baby. We're going to have a baby. Me and my babe, we're going to have a babe. All right, okay. His resources were gone. He's old, and the Bible says he's as good as dead. And yet, he kept trusting. Some of you have been trusting, but not trying. You've got to trust, and you've got to keep trying. Keep doing it. Keep getting back up. Keep, keep trying that ministry. Keep, keep starting that small group. Keep praying. Keep believing your kids are coming. Make the bed and get it ready and believe the kids are coming home. This is my faith action to say, I'm believing they're coming home. Read a book that talks about how to be a better parent, how to be a better husband. I know the marriage isn't good now, but I'm, I'm acting in faith what I, based on what I believe God is going to do in my situation. Faith changes things. And so we don't have control of it, but it's, the, it's that step of faith that, in, that activates Divine providence. In fact, W.H. Uh, Murray said this, a Scottish explorer. He said, the moment one uh, definitely commits oneself, providence moves too. Raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incident, meetings, and material assistance, which no man could have dreamt would have come his way. When you step out by faith, all of a sudden, that faith, God starts bringing the things and the pieces and the material and the meetings and the people and the relational equity, all that comes together because faith activates the kingdom. We are living in the kingdom where the password is faith and nobody's logging in. I want you to log in. I want you to put some action behind your belief and see God do amazing things. God wants to move in this county. God wants to move 
in this city. God wants to move in this church. And it's not going to happen by wishing. It's going to happen by doing, believing, stepping out, going, this is crazy. But God is faithful.